You are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It is Punch Radio. And in studio tonight, you have Brennan and Jody and Dave. And we will hear from Hank and Craig. We have a whole bunch of comics to talk about. But first, let's get a recap on the party last Friday night. Major parties, major wrap up. How did it go? It went really, really well. You know, it's a lot of planning and there's always a lot of things you are unable to factor for and you're not sure how things will go. Uh, But overall, uh, we had a really great event. A lot of really great feedback. Violent Betty that kicked off the night had a great half hour set to get the show going. Uh, Ultimate Power Duo came out and, you know, I'm a little biased here, but I think they did an awesome show. (laughs) Being that I play the bass and I sing, but we jumped around, we got really sweaty. You know, it was our first show in a long time and it was just nice to be in front of a crowd and actually having people that recognize songs was really great. Um, the karaoke went, went awesome. The people who came up to participate did a wonderful job. I was actually really surprised on, on how well they were able to sing along with a live band. Were there it's any different- like, really good standouts? That, like any good particular songs that rocked? They all rocked, to be honest. Uh, we had uh, four members from Crocus Co-op. Um, uh, Taylor and and her friends come up and they did Sweet Caroline. And because we didn't have the horns for the the do 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 part, I handed out kazoos to the crowd. And I sang the parts and I showed them how to use a kazoo. So we all did kazoos for that part. So that was really good. Uh, they came up with their inflatable instruments and fake microphones. That was really, really good. The person who did, oh, um, Ah, now I'm blanking on the song. It was the third singer did a stand-up job on, on the song that we did. And I'm blanking on what song it was, but it was, it was great. Um, Todd Bobby did some vocals on uh, Top Dirty to Me to wow. bring in some, his old school vibe. Um, we had a singer I talked to before that at first said, oh, I don't think I'm going to come up. And then came up and did Summer of 69 and just really nailed it. Everyone was great. Uh, Kenzie's mom came up and did Born to be Wild. So it was nice that karaoke was actually bringing family together, you know, seeing generations of the same family on stage together. Uh, and at the end of the night, a little personal thing, this talk about generations, uh, years ago, uh, Scott from Ultimate Power Duo and myself played with my dad on stage back when it was the, the Odeon, so the Odeon, or okay, um, it was a fundraiser for a friend of his that was sick, that was a, mu- a musician. And my dad said, I don't think I ever got a picture. So he waited all night until the end of the, of the evening to come on stage just to get a picture with Scott and I so that we'd have like a, our own personal memory thing. So, um, you know, there were some personal memory things. Uh, it was a really fun night. Uh, next year, I think I would probably do the night exclusively karaoke or maybe the, uh, the cover band plays a half an hour first, just doing some cover songs to kind of set the mood and then do the rest karaoke. Because I think once people see other people going up and doing such a good job and really having fun and enjoying it, that more people would, would go up and, and participate. Uh, we had a silent auction. I don't know the numbers yet because being the uh, not bright reporter that I am, I didn't think to contact Taylor and say, hey, how much money did we make off the silent auction? So I can't tell you. But at the end of the night, she was really happy with the money that we were able to bring in. I know people that got items that they wanted, which was, which was great. One of the items that I was really thinking of bidding on was the 100-year-old German Bible that came in this uh, beautiful case in a stand. Somebody else got it, but 
as they left, um, I heard them say, my grandfather will be so happy to get this. Um, you know, I know exactly where he'll put it and he'll love it. So what I kind of thought touching, I mean, yes, we were trying to raise money, but just all these kind of touching memories that came out of it, that was really unexpected. All the reviews have been great. I've been getting a lot of great feedback. People saying what an awesome event it was. I've had a couple of people saying, next year I'm in, I'm going to help you advertise earlier and help sponsor it to make it an even bigger event next year. So, um, you know, for the first time doing it, I think it went as but as well as it could have. Uh, and I'm really happy with how everything turned out. So it really, it really went well. And again, just, just all the good vibes that night, you know, not going to lie. I was a little stressed out because I was sort of wearing three hats and running around and doing a lot all night. Um, but just how positive it was and how happy everyone was by the end of the night. Um, even the sound guy was like, Hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Like, Oh, good. <laughs> You've seen a lot of shows. So the fact that the sound guy was having a good time, um, I, I take that as a great compliment. So um, I really have to thank the, uh, you know, uh, King George Riversdale quarterly and Crocus co-op for doing all this and all my bandmates that took part in it and uh, you know, kind of went out on a limb to try something a little bit different and now that we've done it once, I have some ideas on how we make it even bigger and better next year. And, uh, you know, look look forward to the next one. But like I said, good vibes all around. So turn, Oh, and the first song, sorry, this is one of the details I wanted to say. The very first song was actually the bouncer from uh, the event center who said, I want to sing the first song because I have to get back to work. So we said, okay. So he came up and sang uh, all the small things from Blink-22, but right at the beginning, so he'd go back to work. So it was, it was really, really cool. That, it, the whole evening had a really nice vibe. I wished I could have stayed longer. Uh, I know that the silent auction made at least $250 because I got outbid on the Amazing Spider-Man package, which was at 150 when I left. And I think it did make more, but I won the uh, symphony tickets with my bid of $100. So I was very happy with that. And I did get a couple of I went to major parties major party and all I got was this damn chocolate bar and they're really good so little market box who made those chocolate bars with major parties face on them were delicious yeah congratulations on your chocolate bar <laughs> thank you I've been getting a lot of, it's funny all night people are like these chocolate bars are amazing as though I somehow I made them or something I'm like oh thanks you know funny story uh, I'm pretty sure that my mom is the one that bought the Spider-Man package. Oh. So you got you got outbid by my mom. So that, that's uh, okay. As long as it's going to a good home, uh, I'm I'm thrilled and like it's for a good cause. So the money is going to a good place. And it's not too late. If you still want to donate, donate anytime. Like Crocus Co-op does such good work for our community. They're really important. And uh, if you don't want to make a donation, but you could use their work, if you need some, uh, you know, shoveling done in the winter or some landscaping done in the summer, give them a call. Like it puts good people to work and it does something really positive for our community. So, yep. and, and they do catering. So if you have an event, they can cater it for you with your soup and salads and things, or you can go there and just buy soup. You can go buy soup and support them as well. So, and I really wish that next year, I'm going to make the, make the Crocus co-op staff go up there and talk more. All of them are so positive and have such a great energy and they just run such a great place and they didn't want to speak, but they did come up and sing. <laughs> but even that, you got a really good vibe of what they are like. So next year, they need to either sing 
near the beginning or have them speak more or something just so people know what you know what a great organization they are and the great work that they do yeah, they are great. I talked to a bunch of them at the silent auction and uh, they were also um, selling some of their greeting cards that uh, oh. folks who uh, work at the uh, at the center, they they make art and then they make these greeting cards. So that's another great way to support an awesome endeavor. So, yay. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I hope everybody who came out had a good time. And yeah, big thank yous all around to everybody who contributed either with like financial support or just with good vibes by coming out so awesome mm -hmm. we'll do it bigger and better next year okay we're going to throw things over to hank and craig and then when we come back we're going to talk about a bunch of comics so take it away fellas hey everybody it's craig Sillifant on punch radio on cfcr 90.5 fm and i am here with my co-pilot my wingman my rio hank cruz do you do You're do you run your, your last name is Cruz. Do you run like Tom Cruise? You know, um, Tom Cruise now has shown me that um, I don't think I'm running enough. I don't oh. think I'm running enough. Because like even in that Top Gun, he's running in the snow. He's running on the beach. He's running. It's like he's running at least three or four times in that movie. And I realize I don't run enough. And also, I need to get my hands way up there like he does. Like, <laughs> you know, poor guy. Yeah, it's, that's the hand. It's like he's got the perfect form of a runner but also like no, like no runner would ever really run like that, even a professional yeah. runner. So, uh, and his posture is too straight. It makes me feel bad about myself. I don't like watching him run. It's not good. Yeah, no, it's not good. So I, I uh, slouch over because it's more aerodynamic. You see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got a bunch of things to talk about today. We got new stranger things, uh, season and a few other things. Uh, what do you want to start with? A uh, few uh, things on Netflix. Uh, first thing was last night I watched this movie called Interceptor uh, that is executive produced by Chris Hemsworth. And Chris Hemsworth appears in it as a little cameo. And I'm thinking because it's the number two thing on Netflix, I was like, oh, we got to watch this. So it is uh, a lone army captain is the only one left standing between America and Armageddon. Oh, and you think it's an action thriller? It is uh, the worst acting um, I've seen in a film in uh, a few years. Um, obviously, it was shot during COVID because there's like, no set like they're in one spot uh I, I won't give it away but uh it was worth it to watch it in the background while i was doing some work to laugh at how bad it was right. like it was just, just bad the action stuff was pretty cool but like the, the 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 whole thing so i would say skip that one although it's his number two and uh the lincoln lawyer a series on netflix this one pretty good uh so mickey holler a lawyer who used to work out of the backseat of his lincoln inherits a law practice after his friend is murdered so with the inheritance of that law practice comes a group of new clients including a wealthy video game designer who's accused of double murder bum, bum, bum. did you watch the movie with matthew mcconaughey when it came out many years ago yeah i think so i'm pretty sure i probably worked at the video store back then so the word uh, has it that that was based on the first mickey holler book this series is based on the second one. So it's based, uh, it's written by Michael Connolly, some Michael Connolly books. Um, this one's based on the Brass Verdict, uh, the book that came out in 2008, not has anything to do with the Matthew McConaughey movie. Um, and then another fun fact is that the Lincoln Lawyer takes place in the same universe as uh, Connolly's other book series, Bosch. 
So if you've ever watched Bosch, as it turns out, I didn't know, they don't intersect in this one, but uh, allegedly in some of the uh, books they do. So maybe there's going to be a crossover. There's so, going to be a Bosch crossover. So Bosch, like I'm obviously familiar with the show. I've never watched it. There's obviously so much in TV to get to. And if something doesn't really rise to the top critically that it like, like people want, like something like Ozark, I didn't watch right when it came out, but enough critical mass formed about it over a bit of time that I was like, okay, I'll go back and check this out. Same with like Yellowstone, which is pretty yeah. mediocre show, but uh, you know, you know, my jam, I love the HBO, the really great, like the highest tier of, of, of television, usually, unless it's some nerdy sci-fi thing. So Bosch though, uh like is this have you watched that show is so it a show i, I uh i have i, I have not watched bosch uh my wife has watched every episode and she keeps telling me oh you need to watch this and i never got around to it but now that i like uh the lincoln lawyer i, I gave it a 79 so it, it was a pretty uh pretty good show so maybe i'll go back and watch bosch because i guess it's about it's like and he's an lapd detective or something that is out solving crimes and i guess this mickey holler uh lincoln lawyer guy is his half brother in the books mm. so maybe there's going to be a, a crossover there so we'll find everything's got to be a, a connected universe these days you can't just be like hey it's the multiverse of michael connelly books yeah that's what it is yeah all right well i uh we should actually let's quickly check in on uh, obi-wan i know uh, we're recording this uh before the fourth episode is dropped, but the fourth episode will have dropped by the time you're hearing it. So we're still going off the third episode. I don't want to get into a bunch of spoilers or anything. There may be people that are still catching up, but I do have to say, uh, I also enjoyed the third episode. I really thought the, again, the work with Obi-Wan and Leia, especially when you realize like he starts talking about like how he was taken away from his family because that's how they do it with the Jedi younglings. And so, you know, he's an orphan uh, too. And you don't really ever think about that, you know, in terms of uh, Obi-Wan or some of the other Jedi characters. And so it was a really a sweet moment. I will say, again, I'm, I'll try not to give anything away too much here, but like we get our first, uh, maybe minor spoiler here, we get our first uh, uh, meeting between Vader and Obi-Wan. And uh, it's, you know, it starts out pretty interesting. The action was very dark and I was watching it with a lot of glare on my TV. So I think I need to watch it again. But the it kind of ends stupidly in a way that like could make sense. Uh, you know, he basically Obi-Wan kind of gets away, obviously, because there's some more episodes left. Uh, but Vader kind of just lets him get away, it seems like, which and all these stormtroopers. Uh, and so they're really just surrounded by a small wall of fire that he probably could have either walked through or just used the force to pull uh, Obi-Wan back. And it just it, I think it's just so poorly staged that it just, it seems like a big plot hole that he's able to get away. Really, like, he, he kind of wants to torture him, I think, over a long period of time. So he doesn't want to just, like, murder him straight out and choke him like Admiral uh, Piet or somebody, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, but even uh, they had the shot from above where uh, the one woman was uh, up there, like, and uh, looking above to be the sniper or whatever, and she was going over. And it didn't look to me like the fire even went all the way around. Exactly. So he could have just, just went 10 feet to the right. And like, I don't. Yeah. 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 So he, it was he, dumb. He, like, he didn't want to use the force. He wanted to go old school on this one. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I think they could have had a reasoning behind it that, you know, he, he wants to like draw this out or, 
or even some people were saying online, like, well, he's still got a bit of good Anakin in him, which would be interesting to see because he's still a younger Vader here. It's pre A New Hope. But I think just the way it was blocked and staged, it just it, it just made it seem like a big, lazy plot hole. Uh, but I still enjoyed the episode. So, and I'll quickly mention Strange New Worlds, the Star Trek show. What are we? That was five episodes, I think. Now we're probably at six, but still, the last episode is great too. Like every episode of the show has been really fun, mostly self-contained, even though there are some longer story arcs going on. But you're not bogged down in that. Like it's they're just fun, kind of one and done episodes, uh, and and I'm still really enjoying it. So, um, but uh, we should get to Stranger Things here. So Stranger Things. What is this, season four, I think? Season four, part one. Yeah, I think. part one. So part I've, one. I've finished it all. I know you haven't, I think you realized you have to still finish catching up on season three, you said. You know, um, and I, I remembered why, because I heard that Millie Bobby Brown uh, thinks the earth is flat, that she's a flat earther. That's really? what I heard. Uh, it was all over the internets. And then I went, whoa, I can't watch this show now. Lunatic, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Oh, so I got to catch up. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I watched the fourth season or the first half of it anyway, and it took a little while to get into. I think the biggest, like it, I enjoyed it overall, but I think the biggest part of it is like, number one, the first season had this cool mystery. And once that mystery is solved, you fall into the trap of, okay, what are we going to do with these characters now for season two, three, and four? Uh, they have managed to expand that world well, but it just doesn't quite have the same thrust that season one had. Uh, and then I'd say when you start season four, they are piling on the characters from moment one. And it's almost like they expect you to remember what all these people were doing in these convoluted storylines from the previous season. And I barely remembered who a lot of the main characters were. I'm like, oh, is that guy new? Is that his sister? Who who are they dating again? Uh, you know, and, you know, so it, it really gets confusing. Now, after you watch a few episodes, you start to get into the rhythm of it a bit more. But I would say just as it was starting to really get entertaining and interesting, it cuts off for for this part so like you know obviously we'll see what happens i think in july even for part two i think part two drops in july so so that's that's my take on it i enjoyed it but it's probably a little bit too convoluted with the too many characters sort of piled on even even too quickly uh but you know i think fans of the show will probably be happy so um that is our time for today so we're going to throw back to jody and everybody else here so uh you know until then keep your dukes up dukes okay thank you so, a bunch of new stuff came out this week. Uh, I want to talk about a one-shot watch section. It's four one-shots that are going to come out under the banner Skybound Presents After School. They're four one-shots. I want to talk about Poison Ivy number one, which came out this week. And uh, you discovered something on the shelf this week that's been out for a while, but I know you're a huge fan of Mike Allred. And uh, what was your, what's your take on Excellent? Um, it's excellence is just exactly how X-Force and X-Static kind of left off. Um, this is one of those experiences. I had no idea this was out, but I went to the local comic book store today, took a look around and I saw this cover and I said, what is this? Cause I could recognize right away that it was Mike Allred's artwork. So this is a continuation of the Ecstatics book where we have one of the former members of You Go Girl, uh, her daughter, Katie Jones, who is able to teleport abilities, attracted surviving members of Ecstatics. They reunite as well as some young members and they become the excellent. So part of the Ecstatics, not manifesto, but their vibe was being very popular on, on TV and things. So they were always were being taped and filmed and were building uh, a big following. So they were like celebrities. 
as well as being superheroes. Now the excellent are doing the same thing only in a much bigger way. But what they do, they do these things called the happenings. So they just show up at, at events and these sort of random places and they cause some kind of havoc. So now we have the excellent that are having these happenings and now ecstatic is jumping in to try to stop them. So at first we see the excellent, you think that's the name of, this, of the good guys, but right now they're actually like the antagonist to ecstatic, but throughout the whole book, they're almost on equal footing because we see both sides of both of, both of them. So um, we've already had a few heroes get killed. That was part of the, uh, the original, when X-Force became ecstatic. And keep in mind, Mike Allred's X-Force run was bonkers. It was so much different than any other X title at that time. So the fact it became a different name, I think made a lot of sense. But now we've already had people that have been killed off, people that have been injured. We're up to issue three. Uh, we already have new people showing up and both teams are growing and growing and growing. So if I was a betting person, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of like unification thing or it might become like how big, you know, Magneto runs the X-Men, even though he's a bad guy or something. I'm not sure. It's, if you like Mike Allward at all, it's his artwork, which, which I love. So very pop art meets like Ed Pisker meets, well, Mike Allred. I, I compare so many people to Mike Allred. It's hard to compare him to other people because it's so distinct. And even when things are going well, there can always be like this sort of dark undertone to them, right? So people say, oh, like Marvel is such a light, light you know, universe compared to DC. Uh, this book is not light at all. You know, when there is some kind of action, like when one of the characters gets injured, it's, it's very stark. And I think because his line of work is so um, even, um, much like Steve Dillon with The Preacher, right? It was such a clean artwork. So when something kind of on the more gory side happened, it almost seemed more dramatic. And Mike Allred is, is the same way. Uh, Mike Allred does the work. Uh, Laura Allred does the coloring. Um, Peter Milligan is doing the writing. This book, if you didn't, if you, no, I haven't read uh, Ecstatics for a long time, but I feel like if you went from um, Mike Allred's X-Force to Ecstatic to this one, you would not notice a lapse of however many years. When did Ecstatics even come out? Like that seems like it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, like I didn't look it up, but I don't want to say like 10 years ago. Was it that old? Could be. Possibly. Could be. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's it really just helped, you know. Again, anything Mike Allred does. Now, this makes me sad that for some reason I never picked up the Mike Allred Silver Surfer, which I don't know why. I saw it. And I was like, oh, I should pick this up. And it almost looked so good. I was afraid to read it. If that makes sense. It's like, what if it's not as good as I think? Anyway. And I should have picked it up. I probably won a graphic trade or something. So anyway, um, if you want something different in a quote unquote mainstream superhero book that is not at all mainstream, but yet Doctor Strange shows up in issue three. So it's part of the mainstream universe, but is way different than what you'd expect. Um, this would be right up your alley. So check it out. It's, it's great. Just like I said, it's pop art meets a little bit of horror meets great storytelling meets just bonkers zany things happening so um yeah i would definitely go pick it up cool so well we're gonna jump right in because we don't have a lot of time left but we want to talk about um poison ivy for sure so this is a reboot again uh, of the classic character in dc's universe and this one i really like because it's super misanthropic basically the, poison ivy is the ultimate environmentalist 
And so in this one, she has decided that humanity can't be trusted. It had its chance, it blew it. And so in order for the planet to survive, everybody's gotta go. Are you still an environmentalist though, if you're bent on the destruction of the human race? Is that not giving up on environmentalism? I think it's the ultimate environmentalist, that you care more about the planet than you do about any particular species that's in it. Well, I guess if you see it that way, that means you're aligned with poison ivy, which means I guess I'm aligned with Batman on this one then. <laughs> so I'm the Batman in this in this conversation. Well, we haven't seen Batman No, we yet. don't see him yet. He hasn't made an appearance, but basically she is uh, has unleashed this like mushroom spore that like just decimates every person and being that it comes across. And it like, it's great. Um, It's written by G. Willow Wilson, who I really like. She was the one who um, reinvented Ms. Marvel. Uh, with Kamala Khan, so uh, and that run is amazing. And the artwork is by Marcio Takara, and he did Incorruptible. So again, good artwork, good writing. I like where this is going. I'm really excited about this new series. There's yet another DC that I'm actually going to subscribe to. Holy smokes! Yeah, the artwork of what her fungus does to human and animal life is really amazing. This whole comic is done in kind of a muted fungal color palette it's not it's, it's, it's not bright it's not dc bright you know no. you would think poison ivy pop and orange pop and green but th this is kind of a brown comic yeah, browns and greens yeah. yep it's awesome okay so we'll, we will revisit this because as we read more we will come back to it um but i want to switch gears to the skybound presents after school so there are going to be four one shots that come out this is spineless so it's a standalone story. It's written by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, which apparently they are TV guys. They have worked on the Marvel Universe, like Loki and Moon Knight and stuff. Art by Greg Hinkle. And it's about this girl, high school student named Nora, really struggling, you know, just not no self-confidence. And her parents get her a dog named Jane. And Jane changes her life. She gets confidence. She's suddenly good at things. But then it turns out that maybe Jane is not a dog at all. And uh, yeah, Nora and Jane go on a little journey together to try to get Jane back home where she belongs. While I was reading Poison Ivy, you were reading After School Spineless. And I just happened to glance over and see this full page meat machine thing happening. And even though I was enjoying Poison Ivy, I was like, oh yeah, I think I have to read that. Yeah. It's got a good meat machine in it. Yeah, it's sort of like if like David Cronenberg did Lassie. Yeah, that's actually a, a, a good, good comparison. Yes, it's it's Cronenberg, but with heart and not just the gross bleeding, beating kind. Mm. It's 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 muscly, but it's also it, it, it's it's got some heartstrings to it. So and plus one shots are just fun. One shots are fun. So I'm going to keep picking these up because they are fun. And uh, generally Skybound puts out some pretty interesting things. Yeah, so. This dog is pretty cute. Too. Dog is cute. All right. That wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. You know where to find us here every Friday on CFCR at 6 p.m. So in the meantime, 